border conflict between China and India is uh, heating up again. This spring, there were clashes between the two Asian giants, which resulted in casualties on both sides. After a period of relative calm and efforts to de-escalate, there are now reports of new clashes. The border tensions have led to a sharp downturn in relations between China and India, and many observers warn that we may be entering a period of more intense rivalry. South Asia is, of course, a region already marred by the conflict between India and Pakistan, and an important question is whether rivalry between China and India may spill over into that conflict. In this Nupi podcast, we will explore these issues. We will put emphasis on how the clashes could affect nuclear relations as China, India and Pakistan all possess nuclear weapons. My name is uh, Henry Kim. I'm the Asia Coordinator at NUPI, and we are privileged to be joined by Unsun, who is the Director of the China Program at the Stimson Center in Washington, D.C., and a renowned expert on both Chinese foreign policy and uh, international relations in South Asia. Unsun, welcome to the NUPI podcast. Hi, Henrik. Thank you very much for having me. First, Dunsun, uh, please try to explain what these tensions uh, are about. Why are they flaring up again uh, now? Of course, Eric. Uh, so the tension that we're seeing today is primarily about the border dispute in the western sector of the Indian uh, in, uh, Sino-India border. So we we know that China and India shares the longest and unsettled land border in the in the world. And there are three primary sectors in terms of the border dispute. The eastern sector, which is uh, what the Chinese call the southern Tibet, and the Indians call Arunachal Pradesh. Uh, and there's a middle sector, uh, which is around 2,000 square kilometers. And then the western sector, which is between uh, India-occupied Ladakh and China-controlled Exachin. So that's a part of the Kashmir dispute uh, that have been ongoing for decades. So there are many reasons as for why the tension is uh, flaring up this year. But I think the most direct catalyst is the infrastructure projects that both countries are building. Because these infrastructure, these roads and bridges, supposedly they are um, they are able to help the claimant country to strengthen not only their administrative control, but also enhance their strategic advantage in terms of a technical advantage on the uh, in terms of the, uh, the the border dispute. And there are also speculations that people have uh, have had about the Indian revoke of the Article 370 uh, in the Indian Constitution last summer, and how now China is reacting to the uh, to that decision last year. And there are also speculations as for whether China is reacting to the increasingly close alignment between uh, United States and India. So there are different explanations. The timing, though, seems unfortunate for China. Uh, China is already struggling with an intensifying rivalry with the United States. So, in a sense, wouldn't it be better for China to try to de-escalate these tensions with India? I mean, the Chinese already have a lot on their plate. Uh, I think that is true. I think there is a very strong intention or very strong argument for China to de-escalate 
the tension, especially given the presidential election that's coming up in the United States this year. And China is exceedingly worried about whether the United States, whether this uh, this period leading up to the election is going to be particularly destabilizing because uh, China might be used as a scapegoat or as a punchback in the uh, in the in uh, in the election campaign. So, and we also know that China's primary focus, China's primary strategic concern is not with India. It's always in the West Pacific among the four issues from North to South, uh, not the Korean Peninsula, the East China Sea, Taiwan, and South China Sea. So South Asia, and especially India as, sec as China's secondary strategic orientation or strategic direction, for China, the preferred approach is to minimize the trouble and then minimize the cost so that China does not get distracted by this Western direction. Um, well, China's primary um, focus is on the on the East side. So, but I think this year, a lot of factors contributed to this intensified uh, tension between China and India. And COVID-19 is, uh, is one of those, those issues. I think COVID-19, the global pandemic, and the, the global accusation led by the United States that China needs to be responsible for the for the pandemic has created a very acute and significant sense of vulnerability in China, both in terms of its internal politics, but also in terms of its uh, global strategy or its international standing. So I think when China felt vulnerable um, in front of foreign attacks or foreign accusations. The, what, the most famous case that we have seen out of that is the Uforia diplomacy, where the Chinese diplomats using, uh, using harsh rhetoric and even using threats, threats of sanctions to, um, to counter those, those, those criticisms on China. So I think coming to India and the, the Sino-India clashes in the Ladakh region, this past uh, this past spring and summer, I think this sense of vulnerability has played a quite important role in China's decision. And perhaps Chinese leaders felt like India was using a period when China was facing trouble and trying to take advantage of the situation, including the COVID situation. I think that is very true. And the Indian perception that why is China reacting to us so harshly this time? Uh, feeds into that Chinese speculation that this this was by design, by the Indian design, that the Indians were trying to exploit a moment of vulnerability and distraction on China's part because of the COVID. So, but I think the same argument will be used by the Indians against the Chinese that maybe China is trying to create tensions with the, on the on the Indian border in order to divert the attention from both the domestic population and also the international narrative away from the COVID-19. So I think all these arguments have some legality to it, but probably none of them covers the whole picture. Just how serious is this, in your opinion? I see that some Indian policymakers have argued that the conflict we're seeing now marks the end of an era in relations. Do you think that's true? Are we at the turning point? I mean, we've seen clashes between China and India before, but relations have recovered. Do you think this time is different? That is a great question, Heinrich. So yes, we have heard this a lot. I think there is something uh, qualitatively different from India's assessment of the border tension. But we also know that the border dispute has been ex in existence for seven decades now. 
So this is nothing new, and the flare-up of the tensions along the border, it also occurs quite regularly. I would say, especially during the uh, during the spring and summer season, um, both sides have been trying to use infrastructures to advance their position. So when I hear this uh, this this very interesting description or this narrative that this is an end of an era, and my my reaction is uh, an era of what? So if we look at the uh, the relationship between China and India, I would say that problems have have existed for for a very long time, and the mutual trust has never really been high, and this mutual suspicion, this mutual resistance has always existed. So if you look at the structure in uh, in South Asia subcontinent, there is arguably a structural conflict between China and India, both as regional powers and both trying to compete for sphere of influence in the in the South Asia subcontinent. So I would say that neither side probably has had a very high expectation in their heart about this relationship. So if you agree to that assessment, um, then people probably would not would not necessarily believe that this event this past uh, in, in Ladakh this past June is going to be a significant turning point because relationship really has not been that positive for a very long time. So um, I would say that in the Indian narrative, China has always been seen with um, being looked at with a lot of suspicion and skepticism. Uh, in the past, it was because of Pakistan. Um, more recently, it's because of the perceived Chinese hegemonic intention as exempli uh, exemplified by the Belt and Road uh, Initiative. And on the Chinese side, the Chinese always have suspicion about India's strategic intention, right? So when India talks about the strategic uh, autonomy, multi-coalition or equidistance diplomacy, the Chinese feel that the, the, the coalition is never about India and China. The coalition is about India and another great power, but it has never really formed between Beijing and New Delhi. So that so if we if we if we believe this is an end of era, I think the next question is that what is a new era? That it will be a new era of what? Of India treating China as the enemy? Uh, or a new era of direct confrontation and hostility between China and India. Um, I think those judgment is uh, is too early to make. But one thing is for sure: I think the uh, the Ladakh clash this summer is going to it has and it will continue to exert significant influence over India's strategic alignment. But it may not have reached the the stage that where India sees China as its exist existential threat and as uh, India's mortal enemy. So that is like saying that, okay, China and India has a border dispute and they have had a difficult time resolving that uh, that dispute. And once in a while, we see the dispute flaring up into a clash into, uh, and this year it was it's actually bloodshed in the disputed region. But does that mean that the two countries will from now on treat each other as mortal enemies? I think that will be a, a, a very premature conclusion to reach. This brings us over to another question. At NUPI, we have a project about nuclear weapons relations in Asia, and India and China are, of course, both nuclear powers. Nuclear weapons and deterrence has traditionally not played a very prominent role in the relationship between China and India. But if the rivalry intensifies, 
should we be more worried about the nuclear dynamic between them? Uh, potentially, because uh, at least in the Chinese assessment, when the, when the Chinese talk about strategic stability or nuclear stability in, in South Asia, the Chinese think that they're talking about the nuclear stability between India and Pakistan. And it's not the strategic, strategic stability between China and India. And this is fundamentally because both China and India follows the no first use principle coming to nuclear weapons. So in the Chinese calculation, if neither China nor India is going to use nuclear weapons first, then um, the nuclear the nuclear stability issue does not really physically exist between the two countries. So I think that's a, a fundamental Chinese assessment. Whether that's going to change as a result of this uh, this border tension, uh, it remains to be seen. And there have been discussions or questions raised about whether India is going to change its no first use uh, principle. But no concrete actions uh, have been have been observed from the government's part to revise that uh, that doctrine. So the, the deeper question is that what does the tension between India and China indicate or imply for the relationship between or the, the strategic stability between India and Pakistan? And the question is that um, if China-India relations have turned sour, then will China still maintain a mutual and constructive position between India and Pakistan when they have the next crisis, and they will have the next crisis. So I think that is a deeper question that we have to ask about China's role in the future crisis management in South, in South Asia. But, um, but we need to remember that uh, strategic stability is not necessarily, in the Chinese view, the primary issue between China and India because of their no first use principles. So they are more concerned about the India-Pakistan relationship and the potential for a conflict between them. Yes. So as you mentioned, China has traditionally sought to play a constructive role, even though it has been perceived as a partner of Pakistan. If the rivalry intensifies, could that potentially impede China's role as a not necessarily neutral, but at least constructive actor uh, in the region? Yeah, I think in the past, um, we have seen China more or less play a constructive mediation role. Uh, between India and Pakistan. And the prominent example that comes to mind is a shuttle diplomacy by the wise Chinese foreign minister um, at the time, He Yafei, in 2008 after the Mumbai attacks. So uh, through, through the shuttle diplomacy, China tried to uh, help India and Pakistan to communicate with each other and try to, uh, try to um, uh, try to manage this, the instability that was uh, that was rising. So China arguably played a stabilizing role in those uh, in those in those scenarios. But it was also true that I think China people would agree that China is not necessarily neutral between China between India and Pakistan in the South Asia, right? And China sees Pakistan as China's partner in the region that's uh, both managing India's behavior and at the same time uh, curbing India's hegemonic intention, using the Chinese term. But that raises a question as well, what incentive does China have to manage Pakistan or to mediate in a, uh, in a crisis scenario in South Asia? And I think there people agree that China does not need to be neutral to be objective. 
China might be pro-Pakistan, might have a closer partnership with Pakistan, but precisely because of the impact of a potential crisis between uh, India and Pakistan, not only on the South Asian subcontinent, but also on, on China's homeland security, like China borders South Asia. So this impact is going to force China to have a much more objective assessment about the consequences of those crises and what China should do in, in reaction. So um, based on that assessment that China does not need to be neutral to be objective, we have had the confidence in the past that China will play a constructive role because the nuclear crisis between India and Pakistan is not in China's interest. Basically, China, because a nuclear yeah. conflict is bad for everyone. It's bad for everybody. So I think that is still a primary consideration for China. They do want to prevent a nuclear conflict. But I have to say that the needle of China's calculation is changing because the strategic environment is uh, is changing. So as a competition, as we have seen, the competition deepens between China on the one hand and U.S., India, and there's a Indo-Pacific strategy on the other hand. I think the Chinese will see that they have less incentive to to deliver Pakistan in a crisis. Uh, in, a, in a crisis scenario, because when China looks at its strategic interest vis-a-vis -vis India and also looks at the power balance in the South Asia, which is not going in Pakistan's favor, China's assessment of its own national interest is also changing. So I think China will be even more biased in the future if it is not already, um, in terms of its consideration between India and Pakistan. And I don't think those bias will be India-friendly. So a more biased China will be more likely to manipulate the game, to manipulate the dynamics to improve China's strategic position and strategic payoff vis-a-vis -vis the US and India. So in that case, maybe the best that we can hope for is for China not to become a spoiler. All of this sounds a bit bleak, both the picture of China's role in South Asia and the direction of the China-India relationship. Is there anything the outside world can do about this to de-escalate this? I'm also talking about the current tensions we're seeing. Uh, or is this something the two states will have to figure out themselves? Uh, I think it depends on which issue we're talking about. If we're talking about the China-India border disputes, I, I don't see an easy way out of this. I think the disputes about the line of actual control, which does not really exist, that in the Indian minds and in the Chinese minds, they they each have their own individual independent line of actual control that does not really over overlap with the other side's perception. So I think on the on the border dispute, we probably will see more tension, more standoff until both sides come to the pragmatic assessment that we need to move beyond this. This is this is uh, this is bleeding both countries dry in terms of their strategic leverage and their strategic resources. So I think that probably will be will be uh, sustain will be sustaining um, for the foreseeable future. If it is the issue between India and Pakistan, I think it also it depends on a couple of a couple of factors. So for example, it depends on how Pakistan sees its own position between China and and India. Like does Pakistan want to exploit? This the flaring up tension to improve its own strategic position. So will Pakistan want to exploit this opportunity to, for example, take actions in Kashmir? Because uh, the essential conflict in South Asia 
by the end of the day lies with uh, with India and Pakistan, right? So China is uh, almost an external player to that set of conflict. I think another key factor that we need to take into consideration is a U.S. factor. Um, what position U.S. adopts and what what is the overall strategic context of the U.S.-China relations, I think, will have a significant impact over how China looks at South Asia and looks at crisis management in South Asia. We know that since the beginning of this uh, great power competition, the era of great power competition, China has been quite desperately looking for issues that could still merit U.S.-China cooperation to prove that Sino-U.S. relation is not yet damaged beyond repair. And what that means is that if Washington seeks Beijing's cooperation to jointly manage a crisis in South Asia, I think China will be predictably very excited to cooperate. But of course, in that case, it is also foreseeable that China will be unlikely to facilitate a long-term or permanent solution. So China can keep milking and keep capitalizing on the U.S. need for Chinese cooperation, just like what Beijing has done on North Korea. But uh, either way, I think in light of the prevailing great power competition, the crisis management in South Asia depends a lot on the dynamic, or at least in terms of China's constructive role in the crisis management, depends a lot on the, uh, the nature and the health of the U.S.-China relations. Okay, that sounds at least like a glimmer of hope. Um, and I think we'll have to end there. To hear more exciting podcasts about world affairs, please subscribe to the Nupi podcasts. Thanks once again to Yunsun for joining us and thanks to you for listening. Thank you, Henrik. Thank you for having me.